Hello, Marlon. Good morning, Dan. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? Fine. Sound okay? Everything sounds good. You're a little quiet. A little quiet. Okay. Little I can, quiet. I can fix that. Hold on. Let me... Do you have a knob for that? I got a knob. Is that better? Yes. You've located your knob. Did that... Did that uh, am I louder? Yes. yes. Okay. You want a treat? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so early yeah but hang on oh i've got a lot of changes here but it's tuesday and that's the optimistic day you were saying how tuesday is the optimistic day tuesday is the optimistic day because it has a different valence than okay. other days of the week i thought it was just because we did the show on tuesdays there's so much that's changed oh my god i cleaned out my office everything's a little bit higgledy piggledy i changed the uh, length of my boom arm oh and now I, it's a little too short so i'm hitting the stand thing my bell was in the wrong place, but I did clean up my desk. Okay. Oh, I got, I got, I got one for, we have, we have a lot to talk about today. Yes. We have a lot. I have a ton of follow-up. Oh, good. Which I mean, three, three pieces of follow-up. Good. Um, I was cleaning my office and, uh, every two years, whether it needs it or not. Every, every, uh, every, every how, two years, two years, <laughs> whether it needs it or not. That's what my grandmother ha- used to say. You got to take a bath every week, whether you need it or not. Let me ask you a question. Has it ever yeah, not needed there. it? Huh? Has it ever uh, not need, not needed the cleanup? No, no, no. It's like painting the Golden Gate Bridge. Like by the, you know, they never you're always stop. painting. You're always, no, it's really, it's, it's a Sisyphean uh, private office up here on the top of Coit Tower in beautiful San Francisco where everything's going great. Um, so that's all different. Oh yeah. So listen, um, I was transporting some supplies from my home to my private office. Ask me how it went when I put a gallon of bleach in my backpack. Oh no. Are you going to tell me that it leaked? Ask me how it went. How'd it go? Not great. No. Not great. I was taking some cleaning supplies and various things to the office because I'm cleaning up my office, whether it needs it or not. And so I merrily grabbed what I thought to be a brand new bottle of a gallon of bleach. And you understand, I got the Tom Bin brain bag. Tom Bin brain bag, there's nothing that doesn't fit in a Tom Bin brain bag. It's comically large. So I was able to put in a, a, uh, a gallon of bleach um, a 12 pack of seltzer plus all the various and sundry things that I needed to clean. Now here's the thing. It was not a brand new bottle of bleach. It was a previously opened bottle of bleach. Oh no. So I'm segueing to my private office and yes. I, go, I go, Hmm. Hmm. There's a slight bleach, s- oh, <laughs> bleach no. smell to the neighborhood today. Oh, no. Got to work half an inch, <laughs> half an inch of liquid bleach in my Tom Bin brain bag. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, I um, I I got a bleach stain on, on my new basketball sweatshirt. Uh, I got, uh, but you know, so far it hasn't stained the actual bag, which is weird. But uh, yeah, I took out all the stuff, and you know, we'll see how it goes. But now I, I really smell like bleach. Uh, that then this did this ha- wait did this just happen just now? No, no, it happened um yesterday Monday afternoon. Now Monday is not the optimistic day. Monday has a valence to it. Hmm. No, it's okay. It's, I was already in good mood because I cleaned my office. It was, it's good. Um, but anyway, things are a, a little bit uh, out of order. But I'm doing fine because it's Tuesday, and Tuesday is the optimistic day. We have so many things to talk about. Um, and actually, you you actually answered two of the things. Can I, can I do some third-party follow-up yeah. and then uh, get to some stuff? Yes. Um, interesting reactions to our discussion of wire cutter. Um, where I, yes. I went back and I listened last week, we talked about wire cutter and our mutual feeling that sometimes it's not particularly useful. 
speaking for myself, I feel like they tend to um, cheap out on the thing that they ultimately recommend right. in a way that I find manifestly unuseful. Yes. And I got some, uh, and I went back and I re-listened to it. And it's like, I could have done a better job of giving specific examples. I had not really prepped to talk about that in forensic d- detail. Right. But uh, the main thing, a, a longtime listener, um, kindly, but at some length, took me to task. Probably you too. Um, he's got some some insider knowledge of wire cutter, but I guess the the nut of it is he feels like they do a good job at what they are trying to do, um, and that we were I, I guess he kind of implied that I guess that we were moving the goalposts a little bit. Um, but I like I said when I wrote back to our longtime listener, I still think my system's better. I still think the system I want. The system that I want, what I want, is a guarantee. Right. What I want out of something like Wirecutter is, I'm just going to reiterate what I said last week. What I want out of Wirecutter is, if if I know very little to nothing about a product, and further to that point, if in fact I know less than I think I do about that product, that's when I really need them to step up and say, let me just be real boring about this. What's the one that most people get that's good? Is one way to look at it. Unless there's a truly surprising better option that's similarly similarly priced or maybe a little bit more. Now, to other follow-up on this, I got a little bit of follow-up from some friends of the show privately who were like, my God, yes. Everybody knows this about Wirecutter at this point. Everybody at this point has the same weird suspicion that Wirecutter is doing, not deliberately, evilly doing something, but doing something weird. And they, they totally got what I was trying to say about I want Wirecutter to tell, if I had a smart friend who knew way more about this kind of product than I do, what would they tell me to get and why? Right? And the example, again, I want to reiterate the example. There, there are numerous examples I've seen on Wirecutter where I know enough to know that if I were your friend and you asked me for a recommendation, I would absolutely say, don't buy that because for a little bit more money, you could get either the version that's real good that most smart people get or a version that's much more capable, expandable, feature-rich. So you don't end up feeling like a dingling. You bought something, and then you find out that it's not the good one. That's And, and now maybe that is a goal, goalpost moving. Maybe the goal of Wirecutter is to show you the least cop, costly option in this product line that's still pretty good. But that's absolutely not what I would want. That's all I wanted to say about that. Do you have any follow-up about this? Well, I mean, I I don't think that we moved the goalposts. I think if anyone moved the goalposts, it, it is... Uh, it would be Wirecutter itself that moved the goalposts uh, mm-hmm. because I think what what you want and what I want and what it, I think it, that's what Wirecutter kind of started out as before it was, oh, we're going to make it, we're going to make Wirecutter a business. Didn't Wirecutter get acquired by New York Times? New York Times. So, you know... Maybe, maybe is that when it changed? Is that when we noticed something being different or was it already know, on that I, path? I want to also re-up um, because I don't say double down. That's about blackjack and people should stop saying it unless they know what it means. Um, what, I'm, what I'm going to reiterate is that I have had very good experiences with Wirecutter where I've read the entire article and got into some detail about why they chose this one over that one. And like, like I said last week, it, you know, it would be like in the sense of like saying, look, imagine going to a website and saying, uh, what shoes should I buy? Which, which is crazy because it depends on like what you do, what's your gender, where do you live, what is your occupation? Like what you recommend for Jeff Lebowski is not the same thing you recommend for Gordon Gecko. Like that's a, in, not even getting into shoe size, <laughs> but it's <laughs> but 
Yeah, it's. It, I agree. It is. Uh, it sounded last week like you were saying you've had very few good experiences with wire cutter. But do you, do you stipulate that it used to kind of feel a little more capable? I think initially for things that I knew, and this is. I'll, I'll tell you another. This just occurred to me. Another suspicion. When I know a lot about something, which isn't much, I don't know a lot about many things, but one thing that I do think that I know a lot about is like audio equipment, headphones, microphones, amplifiers, that kind of crap. Mm -hmm. Whenever I go to Wirecutter, their recommendations are at at total odds with what I know to be true based on my own hands-on personal experience over the last 15 years. Our friend of the show is similarly capable about headphones. Yes. Yes. And, and so when somebody who's as much of a nerd about headphones goes and looks at this stuff and finds a completely, has a completely different opinion. And when I look at that and, and have a completely different opinion, what that does to me is that calls into question the validity of the recommendations about things that are in spaces I don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that, that makes me doubt it. If you take an expert and you say, do, do your opinions line up with what Wirecutter says? And they say, no, in fact, the opposite. And then my experience is the same. And then someone else's experience is the same. I don't know. All I'm saying is, mm-hmm. I don't know. And maybe, maybe the goal and that of- gives you, that gives you the, that gives you the, shakes a little bit because then that makes you call into question like, well, where else is this kind of thing happening amongst people who have expertise? Yes. About this product yes. And perhaps yeah. these recommendations are not, you could say, perhaps they're not for experts. Perhaps these are for people who are, you know, like the, the general thing is good enough. The basic recommendation is good enough, you know, like, mm-hmm. I, I want to buy a vehicle. Well, the best-selling vehicle in the United States is the Ford F-150. I will go buy a Ford F-150 now. That does That's probably not the, the car or vehicle that you need, but this but, is the, but this is the this best is, one. This is, to me, what is so fascinating about the phenomenon of borrowed expertise. Mm. Um, and you think about, like, you know, th- there are a relative handful of things that I feel like I know some stuff about, but... And I have lots of friends who know way more about stuff than I do. And I turn to them. And when I think about what makes expertise useful, and I've thought this since the days of 43 folders, my, my thought on 43 folders when it came to things like recommendations or reviews or anything slightly related to that was that I have myself have been frustrated in the past about reviews that were too general. They were basically just a thumbs up or a thumbs down. I mean, that... To whom, right? Yeah. So my thing was, I always wanted to try and put it in context and say, based on my experience with this software, for example, here's who I think this would be good for and why. And I, it, I was, what I would try to say is, you know, and then, you know, obviously the corollary is like, here's who this probably is not for. And to me, that borrowed expertise, like when you have a pal who knows something about something, uh, and this applies to lots of different things, but like at the very, at the, at the very base level of expertise, if you're looking to a a friend or, you know, somebody smart, um, I feel like the most basic thing someone can tell you, is this anything that I need to know more about? Like, or, you know, obviously in terms of consumerism, is this something I should buy? Is this something I need? I feel like a really valuable role is to say, is this something that I should even know about? Like if somebody came up to you and said, hey, I keep hearing about Fortran. 
is that a thing I need to do? <laughs> and you go, well, it depends. Like, I mean, what are you trying to accomplish? Like, I don't know. I've seen lots of commercials for Fortran. I figure I should get into Fortran, just like an F-150. I see lots of commercials for that. And somebody could come along and say, well, let me, you know, you tell me more about what you're trying to accomplish, and I'll give you some context for whether that's for you. Um, and, and to me, that's where this, this comes in. I keep thinking of the smart friend who has the export, expertise you can borrow, and I'm trying to think of a good example of this that's, that, that goes to something like, I'm sitting here right now looking at various uh, voice-activated devices. And I have the three, I have many of these, but they cover the three primary families of smart device. Okay, so what if somebody came to you and says, you know, I keep seeing these commercials for Lady in a Tube and the Google thing and the Apple thing. And I keep hearing about all these different things. I don't know anything about it. Should I buy a Facebook portal? And you'd go, oh, um, and now what do you do? You start going down this real long line of stuff. Where you, the very first thing that I would say, well, the first thing, step zero, I would say is I would not buy an in-home camera from Facebook personally. I would not buy a voice dingus in camera. I think it's a voice dingus, but you get my drift. If there's anybody virtually in this world that I would not buy a camera in my home for, right. from, right. it would be Facebook. But then, I mean, the, the no-duh second part is, well, it depends, because what ecosystem are you in? Is anybody, this, is anybody joining Facebook at this point with the desire to get as involved with the Facebook ecosystem as any of the other voice-related things? I, God, I hope not. Yeah, I hope not. With, you know, say what you will about Amazon, but they've got a big ecosystem. It does a ton of stuff. There's dozens of thousands of skills for the Echo family of products. Maybe you're, maybe you're in the Apple ecosystem. And I could say to you, the HomePod has fantastic sound, but it's still highly limited by what you can accomplish with Siri. Sure. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What I'm trying to say is that just because, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, I don't even know what, what Wirecutter said about this, but to me, I'm just trying to use an example here. Just about the last thing in that case, the thing I would try to literally talk you out of right. is buying a Facebook device for your house. Now, I know a lot of people say the same thing about Alexa, and that's fine. That's fine. I watched a video with Renee Ritchie last night where he's pretty worked up about like all the privacy implications of all the things that aren't Apple. I'm not as worked up about that, but I, I understand, accept, and am empathetic to people who are. But the base of it is, if I said, if somebody said, oh, you know, I read this review that I should get this very non-standard and problematic thing that nobody you know owns, do you think I should get it? And I would be like, no. But if I did try to say, if I did want to talk to you about, you know, a voice-activated dingus in your house, I'd want to know a lot more about what you wanted to do with it but you know what? You know, I can almost guarantee you, if it's your first and only Amazon dingus, unless you are incredibly cost sensitive, I would talk you out of getting a dot. Because you're not going to get the benefit of a right, ton of stuff. Right, 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 right. There's a part of me right now that feels like if you're only going to buy one of these, and especially if you like Google stuff, the Google Home Hub is very, very good. Do you have way one of those? Better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is way better than I expected. Um, and But, you know, on the other hand, the Amazon Show 2 is really, really good. I can be standing in my kitchen cooking dinner and say, hey, dingus, play MSNBC on Hulu. And it pops right up and it's playing on a TV in my, right there. Or here at my desk, I have one at my desk that I can right. also play TV shows on. Anyway, I'm, I'm going on at length here, but there's no way to create a website that could be a bespoke advice providing system for every single person. The, the, the thing that gives me the fear is when I see something that is relatively non-standard 
You know, it's like, should I buy a two by four or should I buy a, a one and a half by seven? Yeah. It's like, well, I don't, haven't heard much about one and a half by sevens. That seems like a pretty weird thing to get. I would stick with the two by four. That's a pretty standard piece of lumber. Right. But if you have never heard of a two by four, then you really wouldn't know which. You wouldn't know which. And you'd say, well, I could probably stack more of those. That right. sounds handy. Right. It sounds like I could do more yeah. with that. So I, I don't know. And again, I, I, I want to re-reiterate, like, I don't mean to, as, as the youth say, throw a wire cutter under the bus. It's just more frustrating because I did at one point really feel like, hey, this could be an availability heuristic confirmation bias. I don't know. But I have in the past felt much more confident about visiting wire cutter and feeling like all the expertise that's expressed in the, the, the showing their work with the research doesn't always result in a top pick that I would agree with. That's all. But thank you to people for the feedback. I appreciate the feedback. Yeah. Feedback is good. We like feedback. Uh, one other quick one. Listener Jim. I can't believe I did this. Listener Jim writes in and uh, let's see, where's listener Jim's email? Uh, listener Jim is saying, oh yeah. So um, based on our discussions, he got talked into using um, Apple Watch and the auto sleep app for for tracking sleep. Um <laughs> I stumbled across one tool that seems to immeasurably improve my sleep. Now brace yourself because this is real crazy town banana pants. It's a weird acupressure mat my wife bought last year and I made fun of at the time. He says, turns out from the three, three plus weeks tracking with auto sleep, the four days I've used the mat, usually for 15 minutes in bed before falling asleep, prominently stand out in the data. Quality sleep uh, percentage, heart rate dip and deep sleep, etc. So you know what? I, I ordered one of these and it arrives today. And so basically you get this mat with these sort of hard plastic rosettes on it, and you get a, a cushiony pillow thing with these rosettes. I don't know from acupressure. I, I know acupuncture supposedly works for some things very well, mm-hmm. but I put it in show notes. I'm going to give this weird thing a try and see if it uh, I love it. helps. I love it. I love it. Isn't that a crazy idea? No, I think it's great. I mean, anything that helps you relax is going to help you sleep better, right? And who cares? Mm-hmm. who cares how weird it sounds if it works like, if it works and it's not hurting you, then you should do it. You know, I love, I love this email. Ever, I thought this was very still cool. Point, have you used a still point inducer? No. This What's is that? A thing Max Temkin, Max Temkin told me about this thing and he really likes it. Still it's point thing, inducer. Yeah. If okay. you look at it, it looks like a mounted set of large testicles and it's these two half balls with a little <laughs> gap in the middle. And the notion is that you lay down and there's this certain point uh, on your spine where the testicles are roughly aligned with where your ears are, where it induces a still point. It does something with your spine. And there are people who swear by this thing and think that it's fantastic for all kinds of back pain, various other pains. I don't, the pseudoscience behind it seems a little woo woo for Uh me. And the YouTube videos about it are very poorly produced, which feels bad, but, um, I couldn't get that thing to work at all. I felt like I was doing it wrong and giving myself spinal damage, but (laughs) <laughs> I don't mind a little woo-woo if it helps me sleep. I'm in. Do you still have to have that boot? <laughs> no. No? Okay. Uh, we never second, followed up with the with the boot, and I just wondered if you were free uh, of the boot or if you still had the boot. Uh, I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. Are didn't, you making a 30 Rock no, joke? No, didn't you have to have a boot because you, you, were, you slept on your stomach and something uh-huh. happened with your tendon and your, or your ankle or something? Oh. And, and, no, and, I, don't sleep, I don't sleep in a boot. Oh, I like I the idea had, of it. Didn't we have, read about I getting a I boot? I think I had a, um, didn't I have, was it an ankle thing? I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, they come along though, the injuries. You, you for sure, have, they pile up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
I'm gonna throw to you here. Yeah. Did you want to tell me about something you like? We're 20 minutes in. Yeah, I would la- like. love to tell you about Slack. Our friends Slack. over at Slack. Slack. Where would where would we be as a as a world without Slack today? I'll tell you what. And there's, there's I didn't think I needed it, but I'm sure glad I got it, man. It helps me out so much you in know, just dealing dealing with other people. I came up in the world with uh, with something we used to call IRC, Internet Relay Chat. Mm-hmm. And I learned so much about Unix system administration from IRC back in the old days. And uh, IRC was so problematic, though. We always had these things called net splits where half the people in the channel would disconnect spontaneously, reconnect. And it was you had to like telnet before the days of SSH. And it was a mess. But what, what I really liked about IRC was that you could get in there with, with people, you could have conversations, other people could join into the conversations and contribute stuff. And it became a really valuable learning tool for me back in the college days. That's how I learned so, so much about, you know, about system administration and other, and programming and other things like that too. And uh, for so long, there was nothing even remotely like that that, that was done in a way that was professional, that was reliable, that was easy to use, that made collaboration really, really work until Slack. And that's really what Slack is. This is a, this is a collaboration hub for, for work, whatever kind of work you do, you get the right people on your team. It keeps them in the loop. Uh, the information that they need is always right there at their fingertips and the cool stuff, the teamwork that happens on Slack, it happens in these things called channels. So automatically you're organizing your, con- your your conversations and information around the work that you're doing, around your projects, around the office, around the team. And what's cool about that is you don't have, like IRC, a thousand people talking about a whole bunch of different things in, in this chaotic mm-hmm. space. You get organized conversations. So if you're wanting to talk about so the, the development on Project A, there's a channel for that. If you're talking about system administration in Project B, there's a thing for that. If you're a designer and you're ta- you want to talk to your coworkers, your clients, your, I mean, everything happens. And the cool thing that they added, I mean, it feels like it's been there for a while, but they actually added it somewhat recently is a threading conversation. And this is something I use in the fireside Mm -hmm. uh, chat often. And basically what goes on in there is someone can ask a question and you can reply to them, but only they see the reply. But this is what's critical here is this is different from a direct message where it's private between you two with a thread Anyone who wants to can click and read that thread. So what that does is it keeps the channel from getting polluted, but it also keeps the conversation open so that other people who want to read or or join in can do that, but they're not flooding the main channel with extraneous stuff. It's uh, We use it all the time, and I love that. And for a long time, I'm like, no, we're not going to, I'm not going to do any support in Slack. It's too disorganized. Then they added... Uh, then they added threads and it made it all organized. Mm-hmm. And that's what Slack does. They see how people want to use it and they add a feature and it makes it more organized. And so, uh, and, and my one big, huge tip, super useful. This is a pro tip, Merlin, is mm-hmm. that what people mm-hmm. are going to do is when you're working in Slack and you're doing mock-ups or design, or you're working with a designer, or you want to show them something you can copy you know, by, by selecting there in your screen I'm on the Mac, this is done with command, uh, control shift command four. That's going to let you pick an area to take a screenshot of, of your screen or whatever. 
And then you can just paste that right into the Slack app and it pastes it into the app as an image that everyone else can see. Little pro tip. That's how I use it. That's a good pro tip. Uh, So just go to slack.com, S-L-A-C-K. This is where your work happens in Slack. Learn more at slack.com. We appreciate their support. Thank you very much to Slack for making this show possible, Merlin Mann. Thank you, Slack. Buck, buck. Um, why don't you, I have, you know, even before you texted me in our super secret private text channel <laughs> this morning, I had a question for you, which was a keyboard follow-up. We had some, um, follow-up from listeners telling us about the kinds of keyboards they liked. You have been on a quest for a, uh, Bluetooth keyboard. Switchable. That has, yes. Yeah. It has the, um, Logitech. What do you call that functionality to switch between different devices? E- easy, easy switch or something. So easy it's, it, it allows Upgrade. you, yes, you can connect one keyboard to multiple devices. In my case, it would be my MacBook Pro and my iPad Pro. And mm-hmm. you can have just the one keyboard in front of you and you hit a button and that button determines which device that keyboard is connected to at any given time. And, you, you know, I think, I think the Logitech ones support I think it's three devices that you can switch between, but this is super handy. If you have a setup where like right now I'm, you know, my machine and my main computer is doing all the recording and stuff like that. Um, and, and so if I want to type on make a note or pull up an email to read on the show or browse a website, I don't really want to do too much of that on the computer because I want to just let it be. And so I want to use the iPad for that. Well, what do I do? I have to have a separate keyboard or I have to type on the screen or whatever. Wouldn't it be nice to have just one? And so that was what I've been doing. And that Logitech makes a couple of maybe two or three different keyboards in this space. And we got some feedback that the one that they're really pushing in the wire cutter pick, by the way, is the, um, I don't have it in front of me, but I think it's like the K370. It's like a $40 Logitech keyboard. And I asked- That's the one with the round keys. The round keys. And I asked Mm -hmm. for some feedback on that last episode and we we wanted to hear what people thought of it. And the only feedback that I'd gotten from it, well, I got a a couple positives, but mostly people telling me that it's not great. It's not a good, the term they use is daily driver. It's not Mm -hmm. a good daily driver. So hmm, that's like everyday carry for your fingers. I think so. EDC, they call it EDC. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I saw that one in um, the email as well. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you made a decision though. What'd you end up getting? Well, I didn't get any one of those. I, you, you, you were talking about this mechanical keyboard. That doesn't have the switchy thing you want. No, it doesn't have that at all. But I, I mm. started, went down the rabbit hole of these, um, of, of looking at these mechanical Modius. keyboards. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I thought this is pretty cool. And then I read the Jason Snell article that we talked about and Uh he seems to really like it. And I, I respect his opinion on things like that a lot. And so that's a great example of exactly what we're talking about. Right. He has, he has very, very strong opinions, but he also explains why he has those opinions. It's a good resource for that. He's yeah, it's great. And so I, I read the six colors article on this keyboard and I said, you know what? I was, I was feeling crazy. And I said, screw it. I'm just going to order this thing. It's not what I've been wanting. It's not what I've been looking for. The weird plastic one I've got. Yeah, where like it's, it's kind of like a fake silvery kind of look, or did you get the fancy one with the cool keys? Yeah, the, no, the fancy one with the cool keys. Oh, the, that's Vortex Gear? The Vortex Gear Race 3. Oh, don't make me want this. Is I it have, good? It, dude, it's great. It's really, really good, yeah. Oh, crap. And, and it right. comes with, um, you know, my experience with the this modern generation 
of mechanical keyboards is limited. So mm-hmm. uh, do not do not treat me as a definitive authority like Wirecutter on all things keyboards. Uh, but <laughs> I came up typing on mechanical keyboards. I mean, that's how mm-hmm. we all started. If if you're old like us, that's what that's that was the only keyboard option. And of course. I have a special place in my heart for the Apple Extended Keyboard 2, the uh, one that John Gruber and I spent, what, three hours talking about on an episode mm-hmm. of the talk show. And and so I love those kinds of keyboards, and I have lots of experience with those. What I lack a lot of experience with is the billions of options that are out there for keyboards of this type in the modern day. I don't know. I don't know what else is out there. I do know the different kinds of switches that I like and I don't like. And the Which one, one do you like? I like brown. Yeah. And but so I think that's the one Jason likes too. I think it is. And that's, that's what I ordered in this little keyboard and uh, the, the vortex. And it is very, very I like cool. The bright colors. It makes me happy. It's so good. Cool. Do you have one? No, my oh, DOS keyboard is all black and I look like a hacker. Yeah. A hacker. Yeah. This, this keyboard, it, what I like, what appealed to me the most about it is it's very small, almost condensed, compact kind of size, but you still get full size keys and the spacing is nice and everything. But the way that they integrate the arrow keys, it's integrated onto the right hand side you without get a real too much space full size t yeah you get a full size t and i swapped out the colors and i put in the um the mac specific um keys but here's something that kind of well for me this was no big deal but for some people it may be a showstopper and and i want to warn people about this mm-hmm. this keyboard has different modes so you can switch modes there is a pn key not an fn key i mean it has the fn key also but the pn key i don't know what pn stands for but it's, it, it's for poning people on the internet poning so mm-hmm. in the upper right hand corner of the keyboard there's a pone key and you can <laughs> you press Pone and M. Uh, it just delivers sick burns and clapbacks. That's right. And instead of LOL, it says K-E-K. Wow. Um, so you uh, you hold down the Pone key and M, and that switches it into Mac mode. But it will only oh. do this if the firmware has been updated, which, of course... Oh, this is so good to know. It hasn't been updated. And nice. the way to update it, of course, is with the simple file you download from the Vortex uh, website, which by the way makes no sense. The site's the worst, but uh, of course it's an executable file for Windows. So Aye. if you don't have Windows, that's pretty ironical, Dan. That doesn't yeah, make a ton of sense. No, if you don't have Windows, you can't update the firmware, and if you can't update the firmware, you can't switch it into Mac mode, which means it's not going to work the way you want it to work uh, on your computer. Well, fortunately, we we do have. I do have access to a Windows machine. Now, would this work in Parallels or or one of those virtual ones? I doubt it. I don't know if you can update firmware from within a virtual thing connected to a... I doubt that you can. So I think you're going to need either bootcamp or access to a real true Windows hmm. machine to run the executable. But once I did that, uh, it was... Um, it was perfect and it works great and the keys are mapped perfectly and everything just works and uh and and it feels as good as any uh cherry brown mx keyboard you've ever felt it's a compact awesome. size it's really cool go get one merlin i think you're gonna okay. like this <laughs> okay i don't need another keyboard you need this I, one you know you gotta have this know. one now nah, you need it I, I am and it's, it feels great it types awesome i put it on my wish list we'll see what happens it's a little it's a little costly given how many I've already paid for, but um, how many, you, you how many mechanicals it? do you have? Huh? 
I got oh, not mechanicals, but I mean I've got lots of like Bluetooth keyboards. Well, this is not Bluetooth. This plugs in USB to your computer. Hmm. But also, like for example, this ancient Logitech I'm using right now, I use just for when I'm doing a podcast because it's quieter. I don't like. So you're saying you would use this? You're using this as your computer keyboard? Yes. No number keys. No, I never use a number keys. No number keys for you, huh? No, when I worked when I worked at KB Toy Store. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. in high school and I I had all of the um 10 key stuff down like I was a, I was a god on the 10 key. Yeah, uh, I had to study that in business administration. Did you really? Oh yeah, 8th grade. We should talk about business administration. I had That's I had all the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle skews memorized too. I did walk up and I'd say you got what you got Leonardo and Raphael and talk about expertise. We didn't have scanners. You had to type every everything in was all 10 key. It's a skill I've lost. Wow. What have I become? Yeah, I mean, well, it's like, uh, you know, it's like John Roderick and knowing uh, Gibson guitars. Like, it's just not as germane anymore. Right. That's a cool looking keyboard. Um, I would commend our uh, listeners to have a look at it, especially. Well, I mean, I think you just, we should even double highlight what you're saying here about like, to get it into Mac mode sounds like kind of a pain. Yeah, because when I press the Maybe Pwn like M... more than kind of a pain. Well, I pressed the Pwn M key and it did nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened. Nothing changed. But when you press the Pwn M keys, mm-hmm. that changes it so that the... What, what's really going on? Let me, let me tell you. Is mm-hmm. that normally on a Windows or PC keyboard, if you're looking at the bottom left of the keyboard, you're going to have a Control. Then you're going to have Windows. Then you're going to have Alt. Those are the those are the keys to the left of the space bar in the bottom row. I got control, alt, and command. That is because you're using a Mac keyboard. And, See? And so what you need to do is you need to remap it so that the normally the command key is synonymous or parallel to the Windows key, but it's not in the place where the Mac users expect it to be, which is just to the left of the space bar. It's one over. So you can... Now... You could just remap the keys and, and Mac provides you in system preferences under the keyboard settings to just remap the keys. I mean, you could you could make it so the A key is the Q key if you wanted. I mean, that's up to you. If you're going to spend this much on a keyboard, though, you want it to all be. You just want it to do yeah. it by itself. You, but yeah. if, if, if you don't, if you don't or if you don't have access to Windows, <laughs> then you could just remap those keys manually yourself and it, right. will, it will work fine. But just just be aware that you've got to do one of those two things. It sure is pretty. Get it already. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. If you don't have it by next week, I got an acupressure mat. I can't sad. blow my money on keyboards. I gotta gotta fund my acupressure. How much was the acupressure mat? I feel like it was thirty nine dollars American. Do you have to plug it in, or is it just? A... No, it's cordless. It's just it's just little plastic. Resets. I will get that if you get this keyboard. I'll think about it. All right, I'll think about. It. Let I'll me think know. About it. I gotta keep my powder dry. It's the optimistic day. <laughs> Uh, that's sounds cool. Um, but no, it's not Bluetooth. It plugs in with a USB right. cable. Um, I understand. I'd like to hear about something you like, but I understand you have an update on the Burger DK project. Uh, yes. Is actually all literally on my list of follow-up. Oh, well. excellent. Yes. I, Can you tell I, me about something you like? Yes. I would love to tell you about a new sponsor called One Month. One Month. Have you heard about that? One, one month's month where you learn some stuff. You got a month, learn some stuff. You got to go learn it. You learn have it. one month. And well, there here's are things it. you don't know that you need to know. You go to one month, you learn the stuff. You learn the stuff, then you're done. Thanks very much to one month for supporting the show. No. Uh, so Tell me about something you like. 
of the best paying jobs, this is 2019 statistics, Hmm. 50% of the best paying jobs call for the ability to code in in some respect. And onemonth.com, it's spelled out, O-N-E, onemonth.com. This is the best place to go to learn how to code in just one month. You can actually get started with this. They've helped over 60,000 students go from knowing zero, Hmm. I'm sorry, Zed, about coding to building (laughs) programs in languages like Ruby, my favorite, Python, JavaScript. I mean, this is the way to, to, to do it. One month.com graduates, they go on and they get jobs at, at places like uh, Airbnb, Instagram, Spotify, real one month graduates who, who knew nothing went, figured out how to code with their stuff. And now they have, they're working over it uh, at, at Instagram. Hmm. Who knew, but it's true. Hmm. Their courses, they're easy to follow. Uh, they've got step-by-step video tutorials They're in. This is what makes it special. They're instructor led. They have weekly assignments that are reviewed by your instructor. This isn't just you filling out a Scantron, you know, uh, this is real and it's all results driven. Each student graduates the course and you've got a portfolio of projects that you can show your employer. When your employer says, Oh, what have you done? Your answer isn't why well, I took a course. No, here's actual work that I've done. Here's code that I've written. And here's a certificate that I have that I got from this place. I know what I'm talking about. Then you get hired and, uh, and you, you, you know, you, that you, sounds get, really you get a coding useful. job. It's super useful. And they made a special URL one month.com slash back to work. You'll get 10% off any coding course. Again, it's one month.com slash back to work, 10% off any coding course that's there. And we would like to say a big thanks to one month.com for supporting back to work and online education. Thanks, One Month. Go learn some stuff. One Month. Our thanks to One Month for supporting 5x5 and Back to Work. That's the OG. Okay. That's cold in here. I took out all my trash, and now it's cold. How much trash is in It was insulating, huh? Like stacked up against the walls, or? Oh, man. Was it? Was it? talk about that. It's gone now. I paid the dude. Dude came and took it. Two dudes. Two dudes, one truck. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, you had to pay, you had to pay to have it removed. I don't have garbage service. I oh, don't have that garbage sucks. Service. Yes. It would be easy if I had garbage service. I don't have garbage service. It would require garage access. I don't have garage access. Oh, man. Here in Tower. Hello from up here. Hello. K-O-I-T. So why don't you tell me? So we talked back all the way back in 2018 in December, if memory serves, you were way ahead of the curve. You and your son Cash mm-hmm. uh, had. Uh, <laughs> I love that we now just say that that's his name. Yeah, but okay. You and your son Cash began working on his big project for school for yes, a, like a science, science fair, fair yeah, science fair project. Yeah, we're working on my daughter's right now. What's hers? Uh, magnets and iron filings. Ooh, are you going to put it in the oil and have it in the thing? Oh, well, I, I don't, I think it goes in the test tube. The, the, the cow magnet goes in the test tube. The test tube goes in the bottle and the iron filings are around it and it makes like a pattern. It looks really cool. Oh, wow. I want yeah, pictures. You, you know what? If you're looking for cool science things for your kids, I think it's called, I want to say Exploratorium Science Snacks. Um, and I think that's, yes, 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 yes. I'm going to put this in notes. This site is so great. Exploratorium, which is a wonderful interactive sciencey fun museum interactive place here in town uh really good place costly but very good uh they have a thing called science snacks and you can go either by alpha or by subject and find cool science like uh, science fair style things 
that you can make. I didn't mean to take you off your topic, but no. yeah, our, our horse magnets arrived, or cow magnets, our cow magnets arrived today. Well, that's very cool. Do you know what cow magnets are? Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I have, I have two guesses. I want you to go look it up. Not now, cow but later when you have, when you have some spare time, I want you to look up cow magnets. Cause I learned a lot about a thing I didn't know about. I think that it's either a magnet in the shape of a cow, which is what I'm hoping. That's very, that's a very good guess. Or it's some kind of magnet that is used on cows. Yes. Sometimes when cows are grazing, um, they might, because cows are not, I do not say, I don't want to be cowist here, I, um, <laughs> but they're not the smartest animals in the world. They could just be grazing, grazing, grazing and eat some like metal parts or parts of machinery that are in the field or something like that. They eat metal? Not on purpose. Oh. But then you're dealing with that. And so there's a magnet for that cow magnet. That gets Tell it, me about it the gets, burger decay. Wait, 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 wait. Forget it about get, all of this. It gets it out of them somehow? Mm-hmm. Yes. Cows don't have four stomachs. Cows have one stomach, but it does have four, dis- I learned about this yesterday, it has four distinct chambers. And uh, they have to basically get a magnet in there and pull out the metal parts. Don't put two because it could pinch. Does it pull it out of the, the bung or does it go? No, up? no. I think it all goes out the front end. You, so vomits you get, it like, out. You get a cow tube. No, no. It, well, no, I think you're using like a, like a tube thing to get it down there and then you pull it back. I, oh. I didn't read it a lot. Wait, so you, you've put the tube into the cow oh and then you manipulate yes. the metal into the tube with the I'm magnet? I'm not a farmer, Dan. I don't know the details. Hang Look on. Up no, hard- this is fascinating to me. Google, Dan, Google hardware disease. <laughs> hardware disease? Yes. Hold on. Wait, right now? Mm-hmm. Hardware disease. What is Hardware this? disease is a common term for bovine traumatic reticuloperitonitis. It is usually caused by the ingestion of a sharp metallic object. These pieces of metal settle in the reticulum and can irritate or penetrate the lining. Gross. It's most common in dairy cattle, but it's occasionally seen in beef cattle. It is very rarely reported in any other ruminants. That's, a, that's things that have cud. It can be difficult to, to conclusively diagnose, but can be prevented by the oral administration of a magnet around the time that the animal reaches the age of one year. So maybe they just leave it in there, like I a soup I think bone. they leave it in. Listen to this. Cattle commonly swallow foreign objects because they do not use their lips to discriminate between materials, and mm. they do not completely I was like that in high school. chew their feed before swallowing. Hmm. Sharp metallic objects, I bet you are, such as nails or wire are the common initiators of hardware diseases. The object travels into the rumen and is then pushed into the reticulum along with the rest of the feed. In some cases, contractions of the reticulum can push the object through part of the reticulum wall into the perioneal cavity where it causes severe inflammation. In rare cases, Uh the metal object penetrates the entire wall of the reticulum and can pierce the heart Uh sac... Causing pericarditis, yes, 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 compression yes, yes. by the uterus in late pregnancy, straining during parturition and mounting during esterus, yeah, can mm-hmm. increase the likelihood so many of good the words object penetrating him. The cow magnet attracts such objects and prevents them from becoming lodged in the animal's tissues, while the resultant mass of iron remains in the cow's rumen as a pseudobazoar and intentionally introduced bizarre, it does not cause the severe problems of hardware disease. <laughs> cow magnets cannot be passed through a cow's fourth bonivial metacolon. Bonivial? Bonivial metacolon. Bonivial. Boy, there's so many good words in this. 
Cow magnets are widely available from veterinary feed supply and scientific supply sources. So we're doing that, and we're doing filings in a bottle, and it makes a pattern. How, tell me about the burgers. All right, I'll tell you about the burgers. But before I do that, I want I have a, another. Um, I have yes. two requests for help from the audience. The Ooh. first one, um, my son and I have finished reading pretty much all of the Rick Riordan books. Um, is that uh, Percy Jackson? Yes, there, there, there's a series with Percy Jackson. Then there's some Egypt ones, and so I think this is a total of maybe maybe nine or twelve books now. And we're done. We're f- about to finish up the very last one in all of them. So I'm, I would love to hear people's suggestions. My son is 11 years old. He loves sci-fi. Uh, well, he loves fantasy. He's getting into sci-fi. Um, he's, he's relatively advanced and as far as reading or comprehension. So, you know, he can, he can definitely get, you know, we, but we've done, you know, we did the Chronicles of Narnia. We did um, the series of unfortunate events. We did, uh, all, all of the Harry Potter books and, you know, but he's loved all of those, all of those books. So that's what I'm looking for. Recommendations, uh, from our listeners. uh, How do you want people to contact you about that? Email is great. Dan at five by five dot TV or, or Twitter. I will come on there and look at the suggestions. That'd be great. Nice. Uh, That's good. I'll, uh, I'll check that out as well. So his project was, um, we had come up with the idea that it would be interesting to see how food decays and if there is a difference in the way that different food from different restaurants decays and why some might decay more. The same product, in this case, a burger, a cheese from different places. Yes. And you and didn't go to Whataburger. We did not, and I regret mm-hmm. that, but uh, we went to. Oh, the chicken fingers are good. Chicken fingers that come with white gravy. Yeah. Oof. Right. Woof, is that ever good? Nice. And they got a good breakfast taquito, too. At least in the 90s, they did. I, I want some taquitos. Uh, I haven't lived near a Whataburger in a long time, but I always thought they were very high-quality food. So we went to um, McDonald's, Burger King, mm-hmm. Wendy's, Mighty Fine, which is a local chain, is fantastic. And uh, we made a home burger. Interesting. And we wanted to compare how these decayed. And so we let them, I, t- I, I got some uh, advice from some of our listeners. One in particular is like a food scientist. Um, and, uh, and, and one of the things that I was asking was, do I leave, do I put them in these containers and these little individual, uh, like the cheap, like glad containers you can get at Target. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, and, and so I put one burger in each of those. They were all labeled. They all went in about the same exact time. And I, I wasn't sure what would kind of help them along. And the, the, the feedback that I got was that uh, the two main factors that lead to faster decaying of the food would be moisture and temperature. And they mm-hmm. said the more moist and the hotter, the better for promoting decomposition of the food. Um, now it's Texas, so it doesn't get that cold here, but it's also winter time. So it's colder than it would normally be, you know, hun- it's not hundred degree summer weather. Mm-hmm. Um, so they said, well, leave them all, leave the b- packet, the, the containers open for a day or two and then close them up. You should be fine. So that's what I did. I closed them up and the results were pretty interesting. On the one hand, nothing seemed to happen at all for like the first week. Nothing happened. They That's all weird. looked brand new. If you just looked at them, you would think that it was... That That's troubling. You, yeah. Um, but then, af, into the second week, 
things started to ramp up suddenly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it went from absolutely nothing, looking perfect, brand new, to like, oh, now all of them all of a sudden had mold on them. Oh. And then the mold quickly progressed and it got super, I've got pictures, it got super weird, the stuff that grew on these things. And it was all different. No two looked alike. <laughs> some had little white spots, some had green. One of them had a huge hair-like growth on it that stuck out like three inches out off the side of the burger. And when you, you touched it with a tool, it was thick and, 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 and like, it almost looked like cotton candy, but it felt more like real cotton. Like it was very stiff and hard, very weird. So I, I don't know if I should, should spoil the results of it or not, but my son's theory is he, is he prepared to publish at this point. Uh, we have got two weeks till he, till he publishes the, the results, okay. but he said his an original theory was preservatives in the food. That is to say the food that has the most preservatives in it, artificial ingredients in it will decay the slowest. It will decompose the slowest. It will have the least amount of mold and growth and stuff like that. Okay. I can tell you that, um, the results are different from what we were both expecting them to be. Really? Yes. I was expecting- Had you all guessed McDonald's would go the fastest? I, I thought that would actually go the least fast. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I misspoke. I meant the slowest. The like slowest. Had the most preservative. Exa- yes, you're right. Exactly what we thought. We thought that that would be the last one to, to show any signs of anything, but it wasn't. And, hmm. and, but this caused us to reevaluate what the factors were. Now here's something that I did that, that, that at first I thought was good. And now maybe, maybe this was the, not a scientific way to approach it. Hmm. I wanted to evaluate a cheeseburger compared to every other cheeseburger out there. Uh-huh. And so I thought if really, if, if we're doing oh. this in the most scientific way possible, then I would have said, make sure that they are exactly the same. But I didn't. I said, right. I want to get whatever, whatever Wendy's calls a cheeseburger, that's yeah. what I'm going to evaluate. Whatever Burger King calls a cheeseburger, that's what I'm going to yeah. get. But I, one thing that, that I, I did take this in consideration, but I said, you know what? I'm going to allow these variables into the experiment. Maybe they'll call other results. Maybe they won't. I don't know. Huh. Don't care. I'm going with it. Some had lettuce on them. And tomato. Oh, on them. see, I was going to ask about that. That's complicated. So didn't. you were going from a consumer standpoint. This is right. the thing called burger, right? Okay. Not the yeah. scientific standpoint where you would say every burger must be prepared exactly like the same. White bread way. bun, right? Uh, approximately one third of a pound or half a quarter pound. Exactly. Burger, exactly. Um, patty and okay. But I actually thought that this would be interesting because this would introduce some different factors into the different burgers that then would help bolster our theory. I will say this, the burgers that had more stuff in them besides a patty and cheese, those are the ones that grew more stuff and decayed more quickly. Why? I think two reasons, more moisture because Mm -hmm. lettuce and tomatoes have moisture in them. And two, I think because they had the produce in there, more bacteria was introduced because mm. of the, the More vegetables like and bacteria. Yes. Mm. So do you want me to tell you which one was the, by far the most disgusting or do you well, want me I'm to gonna, hold I off? do want to know, I would say for anybody who doesn't want to be spoiled and wants to wait for the published results, go away for about one minute probably. Yeah. But yeah. me, oh, okay. Who won? Wendy's was by far the most 
disgusting, revolting, and grew the most stuff on it. Good. I think that's because they use they use fresh meat. More natural ingredients, I think. And because uh, compared to the other burgers that also had tomatoes I'm and lettuce on them, the, the tomatoes and lettuce were also on the Mighty Fine Burger. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to almost make a McDonald's McDonald's, joke. yeah. I'm loving what you're describing. I'm not loving it. No. Um, but yeah, so even, even of the other ones that did have lettuce and tomato and other things like sauce and stuff on them, the Wendy's burger was by far, by far way more decaying and gross and decomposed than all the other oh, ones damn. by far. And it smelled worse. Um, and to my surprise, the least was the home burger. What? Yes. And so I am not huh. sure why. Now, I did use a bun from the HEB that probably did have preservatives in it. I I, I didn't huh. go with like a fully or I went with the bun that like if you were like having a little barbecue or as you say, or grilling, as I would say, uh, yeah. with your friends and you want to go and and um and and make some burgers, you grab the same buns that I probably bought. They're not a no-name brand, but they're not like some super yeah. high-end organic deal. They're just the hamburger buns. They look good. Hamburger buns. Bought those. And I put cheese on it. And the cheese is a cheddar cheese that we used for our own burgers whenever we make them. And I used uh, ground beef that we got from Whole Foods, uh-huh, uh-huh. grass-fed ground beef. And it had almost, there was almost no indication other than that that the the bun was kind of stuck to the cheese, which was stuck to the beef. It, it had two tiny little dots of mold. Why was this? Was it a moisture thing? Was it a preservative thing? Wow. Or was it that, that because we prepared it at home, that mm-hmm. fewer, fewer, less, less bacteria was introduced to it? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't it would know. be speculation for me at this point. Yeah. What an interesting result. Yeah. I'm surprised. And you can do it on the big, like three panel board. Yeah. And everything? That's how we're going to do it. We're going to, we've got Exciting. pictures of everything and print it all out. You know, mm-hmm. I'm trying to teach my daughter the concept of a draft. She is very, oh. she's, she's like, <laughs> she's so much she has to learn. Like she, she really believes in doing the worst possible way of writing, which is you start with the title and then start writing down in order. Uh-huh. And like, there's going to be typos in pen, in marker. Uh-huh. Like, no, why don't you type that up on the Chromebook first? And then we could, and she, she just looks at me like I'm the craziest person in the world. Oh yeah. But then there's tears because we're not going to buy 15 of these boards. <laughs> of course we will we'll buy whatever we need <laughs> right but like it's right. stupid and i hate it and we've got to go back to walgreens to buy a board Ugh. give me a break Ugh. this is exciting dan this is big news big news it's made me hungry though now i want to get some get and some i'll food. tell you what i've all of them just visually the wendy's burger looked a thousand times better even than my my beloved mighty fine the wendy's burger we looked better we have any fast food here oh, sorry a quick service menu food um you know we don't have a lot of that here do they not call it fast food anymore in the industry, I think it's called QSM. QSM, quick service so. merchandise. I don't know. It's something they're trying to not say fast food. Pretty sure. Pretty sure that's the term of art. Okay. Like like when in uh, in Las Vegas and Reno and Atlantic City, they talk about gaming. Gaming, right? How you know John Gruber enjoys gaming. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go play some games. I'm gonna go game. Double down. Yeah. Hey, now he's tripling down. Tripling down is not a thing. There's no tripling down. There is doubling down if you're showing 11, right? Isn't that double down? Double down. <laughs> double down, does that mean... Upgrade. Doesn't that just mean... I haven't played blackjack in years, but I think double down is when you're showing 11. And you can double your bet. Double your bet. Because you're pretty sure, you'll, you're pretty sure you'll get a 10. Okay. You can also get insurance. It's all kind of complicated. 
Yeah, playing uh, blackjack against the computer is a lot easier than playing at a casino. It's easy to lose a lot of money. But, you know, blackjack is a lot of fun. You learn some basic strategy. Woo, it's a lot of fun. Counting cards. You know, um, I we got another topic, but I don't know if we have time for it. In any case, we probably should hear about one more thing that you like. Yes, I would love to tell you about this. is This is a a sponsor that is very close to my heart. I love yeah. I love these guys. It's Butcher Box. But, butcher Box. Butcher Box. Butcher Box. Butcher Box. What's your Butcher Box? <laughs> butcher Box delivers. What's your Butcher Box? Healthy, one hundred percent grass fed and grass finished beef, free range organic chicken and heritage breed pork. The hmm. the quality of the butcher box meats, it starts with a commitment to raising animals humanely, free of antibiotics, free of hormones, and each box is going to come with at least 8 to 10 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual-sized meals. And you get to choose. Wow. You get to choose from these, these different boxes that they have, a, a mixture of whether it's high quality beef, chicken, and pork, or you can just customize your own box. And here's the cool part about it. The meat is frozen at the peak of freshness in individual vacuum-packed biodegradable packs so that all the meat, and it, it's all fresh, and it's all delivered right to your doorstep. You're getting high-quality, healthy protein that you can trust. And, uh, and that's because they believe in a healthier food system where everyone has access to meats the way that nature intended. Again, free of all the crap that's going to be in No antibiotics, no hormones, humanely raised. And, and, and you're going to cook with a peace of mind knowing that you're feeding your family healthy, high-quality food. And uh, they're announcing a new brand of protein. This is awesome. Wild Alaskan salmon. Oh, man. It's great. And they, this is um, pure, sustainably harvested salmon from Bristol Bay, Alaska. So this is not like the salmon you're going to find in your local store. Literally, oh. it, it has like a red color. And you will not, anytime you go to the store, it, it looks like a sort of bleached out orange. That's not the way real salmon is supposed to look. It's supposed to be all, like all red and it's fresh and it's nutrient rich. This is the best it, 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 you're going to get anywhere. And so the way that this comes, you build your own box or you pick one of their, their pre-made ones and it uh -huh. shows up. It's got the dry ice in there to keep it fresh. And the way they pack, it's like way over, over the top to keep this stuff fresh. I love it. You're making me so hungry right now. They ship anywhere in the 48, uh, in, 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 in the 48s, 48 yep, states. The contiguous 48. Yeah. And, uh, and you can choose how often you want this, uh, delivered to you how you can customize your subscription so it shows up just when you need it and uh, and they even have tons of recipes on there they've got videos showing you how to do it they've got a youtube channel it's all there uh but i love this stuff and and this is so so nice i feel like the quality is better than what i get locally and uh and i think you wow. will too they're doing a special deal for our listeners 20 bucks off your first box okay. and two pounds of the <clears throat> salmon for free what? Two pounds of salmon for free. That's a lot of salmon. Salmon is awesome. I am very Love picky. Salmon. I just got to say, I'm super picky about the kind of salmon that I like. My wife likes any kind of salmon at all, but my daughter is salmon obsessed. This is the <laughs> one thing that I know if they, we can go to a restaurant, if they have salmon, I can take You're her there. You're kidding. That's You're her a favorite girl. thing. She'll eat the salmon. And she loves this salmon and she's super picky about the salmon so go oh, this to is good to hear butcherbox.com slash back to work 
That supports the show. When you're ready to go and get your uh, 20 bucks off your first box and two pounds of free salmon, go to butcherbox.com slash back to work and enter the promo code back to work. I love this sponsor. I hope everyone in the audience orders from them because they're awesome and uh, and I want them to, to keep sponsoring. So help us out, help them out, help yourself out. Better, better world. Butcherbox.com slash butcher back to work. Get your butcher box. Get your butcher box. Butcher box. Butcher box. Butcher Our box. thanks to butcher box. You should go get your butcher box. Go get it. I had another topic that's too big <clears throat> to undertake at this point and uh-huh. way too, uh, did you, did you have anything else? Am I cutting you off? Nope. Um, two pieces of media <clears throat> I ran across this week that have been thought provoking to me. You'll remember the last week, my thought provoking piece of media was Scott McNulty, uh, pointing out that, um, how many people he sees with, you know, broken iPhone screens. Yeah. So we ended up talking last week and I've been thinking a lot more basically in, in just for context there, that's in the context of thinking about Apple's, um, having to, uh, correct the earnings and they took a big ding on stock. Um, but I don't think we have time to get too deep into this. So instead I'll provide reserve reading and reserve listening. Okay. I'm not saying this is the greatest article in the world. I'm not saying this is the super smartest article in the world. I think it is a very thought-provoking article. I don't know if this article gets to the point of what happened with the Apple returns or, you know, um, revenue. But, right. Um, an article that's in show notes called yeah. iPhone from Slate called Why the iPhone is Finally Fading. Uh, I don't like it when they change the title and the, uh, the name of the page. iPhone move over, make room for Alexa. The future of computing isn't in your pocket. It's everywhere. Yes. Alexa, stop. Alexa, stop. Alexa, go home. Um, Something went wrong. <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> I thought I had Do Not Disturb on. Um, no, I'm not saying this is the greatest thing in the world. I just think this is a thought-provoking idea. I should have said this one second. But this is a thought-provoking idea to me that, I mean, let's just say it in a nut. Like, the need f- and interest in increasingly super-powerful phones may start moving into other devices that don't have to be a phone, Mm -hmm. I think is a very interesting idea. That that may be happening faster than we had thought. Right. I should have given this as part one. The other one is um, uh, some friends of ours, um, Mike Hurley and Jason Snell, do a great show called Upgrade. Upgrade. And um, if you go to the Overcast link for Upgrade 227 in the show notes for this episode, you can get a timestamp to where they start talking about this. And it's nothing like overly profound, but they just kind of put the icing on the cake to this idea that I'm only just really catching up with that. You know what? If we apply Occam's razor to what happened with Apple's results, and I mean, ultimately Apple's results are not the interesting part of this. The the interesting part of this is like what the trend is that says something about where we're going with technology, right? I don't have a particular hard on for Apple's earnings. I could care less. Right. Me too. But they, but they really pull this together. It's like if you, and I'm paraphrasing here, but if you apply Occam's razor to this, there's an Occam's razor that makes a ton of sense. Which is, and Mike Hurley put this really lucidly, okay, so Apple did two really interesting things that are great for consumers. One is that they allowed the battery replacement program for, I think, 30 bucks that anecdotally is like overwhelming Apple stores. Apparently, a lot of people have learned about this, that they could extend the life and functionality of their phone by getting a new battery. And that second, our current version of iOS, iOS 12, I believe, has given a nice shot in the arm to a lot of old, all the way back to like a five era phone you you get ios 12 on there and you have, a, you have a pretty good phone so if you have a phone from four or five years ago put a new battery in it get this new os yeah, yeah. that could that could add a lot of perceived extra time to till you think you need to get a new phone 
Now let's put that alongside this other thing to finish Occam's razor. Boy, those phones got expensive. If you're a person yeah. who's an Apple person, like Mike and Jason said, you sometimes want the nice phone. If you want the nice phone, it's going to cost you a grand. That is a lot of money to ask. And so now there's this big, it, it's, there seems to be the potential for this big gulf in the middle between people who like Apple products, but like have found how to extend the life of their phone and don't need to buy. I'm If you're a deep nerd on this stuff, you already know all this stuff. And if you're not, it's probably boring. So I apologize, but that's so interesting to me. And then putting that alongside of, well, boy, you know what? There's so much stuff that dinguses in my house can do that they couldn't do five years ago when I got my iPhone 5 or whatever. Yeah. However long that's been. Uh, there's so much stuff my TV can do that it couldn't do a few years ago. And now, I mean, even more Apple stuff is coming to different TVs. But like, um, there's so much stuff my, in some cases, not a lot, probably my car can do. But I don't know. I think it's a very it's a very interesting time right now. And I feel like we're seeing the leading, like they say, leading and trailing economic indicators. I feel like we're seeing leading technical indicators that are very interesting. That um, there are some trailing in indicators that tell us we're moving in a direction. But I'm just interested where this stuff is going. So I know, we don't have time to go into it in depth. I just thought I'd toss that out. Do you have any, you have another week to think about it. What's your thoughts about the Apple stuff have you thought any more about why they were having the troubles and yeah. the real trouble being that they were unable to seemingly predict that they would not be up to snuff on earnings? Yeah, have you thought I, more about it? I, I have. I mean, one of the things that I find to be very interesting about um, about this as a phenomenon is it seems like for the first time, the, w people really are starting to become aware that what they have is good enough. And it seemed like for a long time, especially in, in amongst the nerds like us, it it very much seemed like um, there was this this urgency to to get the new one, get the latest, greatest one. And I think for for me, certainly doing at the time, you know, like three or four different shows where we just talked about Apple stuff, that it was important for the job to have the latest, greatest thing. When I kind of stepped out of doing that kind of coverage, those kinds of shows, I really, I took a break from getting the latest, greatest thing as soon as it came out and said, do, do I need that? Is this something that I need? Sure. And you know, the answer, the answer was, um, you know, yeah, I, I think, um, I think I probably don't need to, what I have is good enough and I, I don't need to get something else. And, you know, right. my, my mom, same thing we talked about last week. She's, she's sticking with her phone, her seven, and I'm happy with the 10. I might get a new one, but I think people are really starting to evaluate this. And what happened is this, this didn't just happen with a few people. It seemed to happen with everybody, you know, like most people mm -hmm. kind of said, well, we, we don't need to upgrade if we can get this new battery and we get the new OS and we're in good shape. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen or what it's a it lot means. of money. It's a lot of money even, a thousand even to bucks. get the extra stuff. Yeah. 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 But, you know, but it comes know, at the same time, Merlin, as this big push to like, stop looking at your phone. And that could, that could, yeah, they that have, could be part of it, but you're together. not going to spend a thousand, $1,200 on a phone that you're going to look at less. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't I I don't know. There's there's so the, there's these big trends that we can kind of put our finger on. There's certain things we can kind of extrapolate, but there's also just this. So just kind of to your point, there's all this miasma of anxiety-inducing things about our devices. 
that could certainly like what did I just read just now looking at Twitter? Uh, um, they, according to Motherboard, Vice Motherboard, AT and T, T Mobile, Sprint, all selling customers real time location ultimately ends up in the hands of bounty hunters. I know because I paid someone three hundred dollars on the black market to track us. Located to a specific part of New York, no hacking required. I've not read the article yet. I can't vet it. But Jesus Christ, really? Like that? That's a thing you're doing. You're you're selling our is it is it? I haven't vetted this, but wow, yeah. pretty gross. Yeah, people got the fear about a lot of this stuff for shizzle. Like, there's a lot of really gross stuff out there. Look at so, what did you use your phone for a few years ago? Now I understand this is real nerd stuff again, mm-hmm. but the games, yeah, Facebook, Instagram, like what a lot of people like use their phone for. Um, and then now there's just all this little bit of creepiness about like we can all probably think of at least one thing. About, you know, whether it's games, whether it's Facebook, whether it's anything, Twitter, like there's something toxic, gross, dangerous about almost all of those things that makes me like I got rid of my Instagram account. So I finally completed my Facebook deactivation. Oh, very good. Well, I mean, I don't want to get into it, but like we all have our reasons. I was just like, well, this is not meh. But, you know, I'm not saying that's mainstream, but all of these little things kind of build up and accrete into something that makes you feel less like spending even a little money on it, let alone a ton of money, right? It all, I think that all, there's an accretion to all of that. And that kind of plays counter to my idea that I wonder how much these home devices are affecting um, how we think about our phones. Yes. Boy, there's all kinds of stuff where I'd rather use my voice than my phone, just all kinds of things. And as somebody who's pretty deep in this, I know which system is good at what and which I will utilize more Suffice to say, Google and Amazon are still so far ahead of Siri. So far. Well, they they better catch the hell up pretty darn fast. They better, I mean, my Google Home Hub is really good. Mm-hmm. It's so much so that I bought it. They just had a, a sale on the little ones, the little disc ones. You get two for 50 bucks. I'm like, yes, please. And thank you. I'll take that because it, it really works good. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I just think it's an interesting time and... Um, I'm interested to hear other people talking about this. Now we have talked about this, so we don't need to talk about it next week. But, you know, I guess what I'm saying is like, even though it's something everybody talked about as being obvious, it finally sort of settled in where I was like, you know what? This stuff is really costly for everybody, but especially for normal people. Yeah. It's a lot of money to ask. And then, you know what? Good on Apple for doing the battery replacement and doing the iOS, you know, improving performance. But like... Occam's razor kind of works here. That does explain a lot. So, you know, it's all China, 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 China. Also, we had the battery replacement thing. It's like, hmm. Mm-hmm. I could see why they don't want to talk too much about that because it does sort of seem to say, you know, all that conspiracy about us <laughs> knowing your battery was running down is true. I don't know. Interesting times. Yes, changing times. Changing times. Well, I don't think we have time to talk about this because this is a bigger topic, but... But I, I want to mention it to you and to our, our listeners. Oh, Spanish Snatch? Yeah. Okay. Um, because I, here's the thing. If, if those of you listening, including you, Merlin, if you have not watched Bandersnatch yet, I am about half, well, it's tough to know how far I am actually I think I watched it. it. I mean, I know it was on my screen with me interacting for about an hour, but I've, after a while, I started to have that feeling of like, remember the old internet intelligence test? No, remind me, what is that? In the early days in the internet, it was probably just a CGI script, but it was like an, it was like an intelligence test. And the intelligence test was basically how long would you keep doing this test before you realized it was to figure out that the test never ends. Oh. <laughs> so I gave myself about an hour banner and satch. I was like, that's pretty cool. That kind of feels like an ending. 
I haven't thought about it a ton, but it's it's pretty. If you people are hard on Black Mirror, I don't know why it's so cool to bag on Black Mirror. I think it's a really good show. I like Black Mirror. Tons of people are really like they roll their eyes about it. Really? I think it's a very good show. That's because they like saw Charlie... the, the they saw the pig episode and it scared them off. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. It's amongst my friends. It's sort of au courant to like bitch about Black Mirror for one mm. reason or another. I like it a lot. I think Charlie Booker's kind of a genius. And I thought I had to watch it on my LG TV app rather than the Apple uh, app, but I did it. My family was out of town for the night and I went through it and I thought it was, it made me very anxious. Every decision made me very anxious. Mm. It's like from the beginning, but I cut off what your presentation is. Dan, you're telling people go check out Bandersnatch on the, uh, on the Netflix. Well, here's what I'm saying. Even if you don't find that interesting, even if you dislike um, Black Mirror or are not interested in the show, Shame I would in, you. I yeah well I would encourage you to just spend 10 or 15 minutes going through the process of of quote unquote watching or in or interacting with Bandersnatch on Netflix because I think what this means for how for what TV is going to look like in the future I I think this is important because either this is a huge, huge new thing that is going to completely change how we watch TV, or this is an example of something that we absolutely do not ever want and will <laughs> have no effect on TV. Except I'm glad to they show did it. This. I thought it was very ambitious and super interesting. I was I very agree. engaged. I agree. Yeah. So I, I would like for people to check it out, and I would love to talk to you, Merlin, next week about it. Let's do it. Let's put a fork in it, and we'll talk next week. Your homework is to go read all the things in show notes, and we'll be prepared to discuss uh, Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch. On Netflix. And is the, uh, all I know is what, it was very clever. When I brought it up on my Apple TV, they had a funny little bit. Yeah. Did you try watching it on Apple TV? I've only watched it on um, on my iPad on Netflix while I'm rowing. Oh, mm. okay. But I think it's right. the same while you're rowing. Okay, the, yeah. No, uh, if you try to watch well, it, you can TV, get it. You can so get a sorry, hand. you got to go watch this someplace else. You can you can get a hand free and you can you can pop yes or no or whatever and pick a choice mm. while you're rowing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh? What? I said I'll make a video of myself rowing. I wish and you making wouldn't. choices. That's not necessary. Okay. That's not necessary. I believe you're rowing. Um, so check it out, Banner Snatch. We'll be back the next week. Tuesday is the optimistic day. Make it work. We'll be here. Be right here. All right. Okay, let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.